Happy New Year, everybody. Wow, it's been that good of a one for you, huh? I, I know, the, the years change, and some of you, you can't wait because you're all excited for a new year, new adventures, new journeys, new opportunities, and others of you, all you see when the new year comes is another candle on the cake. I get it. I know. So uh, for some of you, you're like, yes, it's New Year's, and others of you are like, I'm how old? Really? I mean, you never thought you would live to see 2024. Some of you didn't. This is a whole new experience for you. It really is. But we are glad that you are experiencing it here at East Brainerd. I told our staff earlier in the week, and I don't know exactly why this is the case, but I told them that I, I usually feel better and I'm happier on years that end in even numbers. Yeah, it's true. It is. I, I feel better on years that end in even numbers. So 2024 is going to be better than 2023 because, well, who wants to be odd, right? I mean, nobody wants to be odd. You want to be even. I mean, odd is just weird. It's just weird. But, but even, everything stacks up really nice. There are no leftovers. There are no remainders, right? And so even years are the best years. Now, if some of you are like, you know what? I really like the odd years. Well, you are odd and you're different. But that's okay. Because that's what we're going to be talking about here together over the next few weeks. I know we all just know people who are different, right? Just people who, uh, there's just something about them that stands out. Every single friend group and every work team and, well, even every church seems to have at least one individual that just marches to the beat of their own drum. We like to say it this way. They're quirky. Right? Quirky. They're unique. Or how about this? They're eccentric. What are we saying? Yo, you're different. Yeah, you're just different. And, and look, if you can't think of anyone right now in the sphere of your relationships that fits this category, just be assured that your friends are thinking about you. Yeah, because there's always one, right? There, there's always one that, that fits here. But don't worry, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Even though the majority of us really like to fit in, right? I mean, we do. We want to be accepted. We, we like the thought of being liked and being thought of in a positive manner. And not only do we like to be included and accepted, psychological studies have actually found that social confirmation is at least in part hardwired into the very structures of our brain. We don't just want to be a part of the in crowd. We need to be part of the in crowd. And that desire for sameness and inclusion, while providing us opportunities for, for safety and belonging and success, often leads to us abandoning what is actually unique about us. Instead of creativity, well, we end up giving in to groupthink. Our individuality is lost in the herd of people and programs. And so we dress alike and we talk alike. And we eat at the same restaurants, and we attend the same schools. We listen to the same podcast, and we follow the same different influencers. And well, but what about those outside the norm? 
Well, they, and I want you to listen to my language here, they, not me, but they, the, the different ones, they have their own groups as well, right? And we say, birds of a feather, they flock together. So we really aren't all that different, are we? Well, the answer, I think, is yes and, and no. Through the years, being different has gotten a bad rap. Have you noticed this? For those of you who are here, you're like, you know what? I am unique. I am eccentric. I am quirky. You understand that different has gotten a bad rap because we have come to equate different with wrong. If you act different than expectation, if you dress different, if you vote different, if you worship different, if you believe different, if you speak different, if you do anything out of the ordinary, then you are no longer original or novel or new. You're not fresh. You're wrong. You're wrong. Because sameness, we have come to believe, is not just comfortable and safe. It actually is right. Because we have learned to attach value to our own likes and our own comforts. It's why my team is good and your team is bad. It's why my candidate is honorable and yours is a threat to democracy. It's why my church does things the right way and your church needs to repent. It's why you might have had an emotional response when you walked into the lobby this morning and saw that the donuts were in a different location. Oh, and I hear from the laughter in the room that some of you were like, what has happened to the sacred donuts? The donuts that once sat right here on the holy table. Where have they gone? And why is this EBK check-in booth in a different place. What is going on here? What has this church done? What has it become? <sighs> we are uncomfortable when circumstances or events or people, when they're different, because we subconsciously believe that different is not just different. Different is wrong. So some of you wouldn't even go and get a donut off the table because it was in a different place. I can only get donuts if they're right here. This is the place that the donuts are supposed to be. And I can only sign up my kids if I have to walk down the hallway because then I can go buy the coffee and I can get my, my coffee to go with my donuts because I've already been by the donut table. And then I get down there and I can sign my kids in. That's where things are supposed to be. Relax. You'll have to hunt for the donuts next week. We're going to move them around every week. If you didn't like where the donuts were this week, wait till next week. Different is different. It's not necessarily wrong. Now, if you've been conditioned to think this way, it might surprise you to learn that uniqueness is a big theme throughout Scripture. The Bible is filled with individuals. Uh, author Malcolm Gladwell calls them outliers. But the Bible is filled with men and women who diverge from the norm. They stand out. They take frost road less traveled. They are different. And your Bible is filled with their stories. Noah, 
Abraham, Sarah, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Hosea, John the Baptist, weirdest of the weird different. Or was that Jesus that was the most different of them all? You see, guys, we know their names because we know their stories. And we know their stories, not because they got lost in the crowd, but because that what they did and where they stood, it was different, and it was outside the norm. They were all different. And guess what? Different was good. Now, I want us to see how many of us are different a little bit today. And uh, what, what I want us to do... Um, if you guys wouldn't mind up top, go back and find the slide where we get to vote on our New Year's resolutions, all right? Go back and find that slide and put it up here. Some of you might not have had the opportunity to do that because you were searching for the donut table earlier this morning during our welcome. Um, if you wouldn't mind, pull out your phone and just let us know, do you make New Year's resolutions? Do you actively try to be different year in and year out? Or are you like, hey, what you see is what you get. You know, this is me. Do you make New Year's resolutions? Yes or, or no? We'll keep that up here just for, for a few minutes. You know, while I was thinking about this over the past few weeks, when I was thinking about all the different men and women who God used in his story of Scripture, I could not help but think about how God continues to tell his story with different types of people today. Specifically, how he sends believers into unique territories for the purpose of living out their unique giftedness. You can call it a skill set or a talent or a passion. Call it what you wish, but God has supplied each person with something that distinguishes us from one another. And so, I want you to see this passage. It's from Psalm 139, and if you've got your Bibles, feel free to open up there and highlight this. Psalm 139, beginning in verse 13, and you'll also see it here on, on the screen. We'll go back to our regular slide deck. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you, the writer says for making me so wonderfully complex. Maybe your translation reads, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. He continues saying, you saw me before I was born, and every day of my life, was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You know, you might have come in here thinking that, that you were the norm, that, that you were just like everybody else. And maybe you've tried really hard to, to fit in, and, and you've tried really hard to make sure that, that there's nothing really that stands out about you, because perhaps you have always heard different is Different is weird, and, and different is wrong. Well, you need to understand something. There is no one like you. So you be you, all right? You be you. Because of this, you can do things that no one else can do in a way that no one else can do them. 
Sure, there are other people that can teach and there are other people that can swim and, and drive and, and play just like you. You are not the only one that has your specific skill. But you are the only one who possesses your unique version of that skill. So don't try to be like anyone else. Instead, you just be you. Don't try to be your parents or your grandparents. Don't settle to be a bit player in someone else's story. You say, well, Papa drove a truck, and well, Dad drove a truck, so I guess I'll drive a truck. Or Nana was a banker. Mom was a banker. So I just guess I'll be a banker. Or, or, or maybe everyone in my family has been an engineer, or everyone in my family has been a teacher, or they've all been in the military, or they've all farmed, or they preached, or they played ball, or they danced, or they've, they sang, or... Whatever it is, what is it that you think you have to do because it is the family business? Or what is it that you currently do because you just thought that's what it had to be? What is it that you think you have to do in order to earn the acceptance of your peer group? You think you've got to dress a certain way? Think you have to talk a certain way? Behave a certain way? Do you think you have to eat certain foods or attend certain schools, take certain classes, listen to certain podcasts? Do you think you've got to participate in certain sports? Guys, look, you be you. No one is like you. It's how God has made you. And look, I know that that, that you, you, want to, you want to be accepted and it's like I really want people to, you know, to like me. But understand, if you are not you, then you risk a dull and joyless and, and fruitless life. It's like trying to sing a song that was written for someone else. Not every tuba player has the ability to direct an orchestra. Now, if you have that ability, go ahead and, and direct. Otherwise, you just blast away on that tuba. You have a good time with it. And you be the best tuba player that God made you to be. You be you. It's why Paul wrote in Galatians 6 and verse 4 that each of us should pay careful attention to our own work and then we will get the satisfaction of a job well done and we won't need to compare ourselves to anyone else. God has made every person unique. But here's what's more. If you are a Christian, if you are a Christian this morning, then, then God generously poured out his spirit upon you through Jesus Christ, your Savior. And if you want to read more about that, I encourage you to look at Titus chapter 3 and, and just kind of look to see what, what Paul talks about to Titus when it comes to the relationship that we are able to have with God. And understand that that outpouring of the Spirit released the full nature of our giftedness. We receive the fullness of our inheritance as we allow God's Spirit access to these talents and skills and passions. All of these things that make us unique. And then God's Spirit begins to utilize those for God's kingdom. Because no longer is our uniqueness all about serving our own self-interest. Instead, we recognize that our giftedness, that our uniqueness, that the difference that we have, well, it has been revealed in us so that we might be able to serve others. And it could be that that you living this different life reveals a giftedness that you never even knew you possessed. Throughout the history of the church, God's Spirit has empowered the giftedness of individuals as needed for that time. 
And I firmly believe that God is still looking for men and women who are different, who are unique, who are talented, who are impassioned, that he can, through his spirit, be able to impact his kingdom. Friends, your skill is not accidental. Your uniqueness is not by chance. The way that you can work with numbers, the way that you can see pictures on a page before they are even drawn or painted, the way that your, your mind can imagine new stories, the way that you're able to handle difficult situations, your calm spirit, your kindness, all of these things that are unique to you. The question, though, is, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? And how are you going to allow God to use it? Or to say it another way, what unique territory does God desire to send you and your unique gifts to? Where is God wanting to send you so that your giftedness and your differentness can make an impact? I don't know if you knew this, but when the Israelites went into Canaan, God dispersed them across the land. Each tribe, or house, if you grew up with Harry Potter, each, each tribe was given a specific territory or an assignment. And you can read about it if you're having trouble sleeping in Joshua chapters 13 through 21, where tribe after tribe of Israel, they were called forward and they were given their promised inheritance. But, but get this, each territory was different. Judah, well, that allotment was large and it was centrally located. Dan's was smaller and along the coast. The tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, well, they received land on the east side of the Jordan, away from everyone else. And then there was the tribe of Levi. They didn't actually get any land at all. They didn't inherit any land. Instead, they were designated as Israel's worship leaders. But each tribe received a different inheritance. It was a different location to inhabit and a different location where they could serve their unique and different God. And so Joshua says, tribe of Judah, I want you to take the high country. And Dan, you inhabit the coast. And today God says, Joe, I want you to take your place at the hospital. And Mary, you're going to work with numbers. And Susan, you have such great compassion. You're going to flourish working with the poor and the hurting. Guys, God has a territory for you to flourish in. Where is that? Where is that space? Where is that place? Well, I think your ability reveals your destiny. What is it that you do well? What do people ask you to do again? Do it again, one more time. Hey, can you show us that again? Can, can you say that again? Can, can, you, can, can you, one more time, we just want to be able to see that. We just want to be able to watch you. What tasks come easily to you? Your skill set will lead you to your territory. And when you arrive there, it's not going to be how much you get paid. It's not going to be the benefits that come with a job that cause you to put down roots. It's going to be the optimal impact that God is having on you and the people that are within your sphere of influence. So you be you. God has a place for you to flourish. Be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. Jesus was intent on this and insistent. 
After his resurrection, Jesus gave Peter a specific assignment that, he, that was going to require some extreme sacrifice on his part. And after Jesus talks to him, there in John chapter 21, the fisherman responded by pointing over to his buddy John. And so Peter gets the information from Jesus, and then he looks over and he points to John. He's like, well, what about him, Lord? And Jesus replies by saying, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, you just follow me. In other words, don't worry about another person's assignment. You focus on your own backyard. Did your grandma ever tell you that? You just need to, to focus on your own backyard. You don't need to worry about what's going on across the street and your neighbors and what's happening all at work. And there, there's, there's a new phrase now. Instead of focus on your own backyard, it's the idea of not my circus, Kimberly Overberg, not my monkeys, right? You focus on your own backyard. You focus on your own territory. You dwell there. I think it's great advice for us individually and as a church body. Guys, it can be so easy to get caught up with what another ministry is doing or what another church across town has going on. See, just like each and every one of us is unique, so too is every ministry and every faith community. Our church family here at EB is, is unique in what we do and how we are made up. And we've been given a unique territory, as it were, and because of that, we look different than Concord Baptist and, and Christ United Methodist. They have their territories. They have their uniqueness. And we also don't look the same as Clear Creek Church of Christ or Udawa Church of Christ. They have their uniqueness. We have ours. And you know what? We are attempting to use our unique giftedness to, to move others closer to a life-restoring relationship with Jesus Christ. What we do here, the way we, we worship and praise God, the way we disciple, the way we serve, the way we share the good news, the way we look to encourage one another, all of these things will continue to be unique to us here at, at EB. And you know what? There are going to be times when the way that we choose to go about accomplishing God's mission causes us to resemble other churches and other places. It will. There will also be times when the way that we choose to go about accomplishing God's mission will look nothing like some of the other religious groups that are around us. But EB will be EB. Serving God in our own unique territory with our own unique giftedness. We'll continue to celebrate what others around us are doing, but we're not going to be comparing assignments and, and we're not going to be competing for territory. We're going to focus on our own backyard, not our circus, not our monkeys. And we're going to look for ways to draw people closer to the Lord here within our church fellowship. When our kids were younger, we watched a lot of episodes of a cartoon called The Backyardigans. You guys remember this show? I know, I'm giving you a lot of feels right now, some of you. Some of you right now, you're looking at this, and all of a sudden your blood pressure just dropped like 20 points. It did, it just went down. 
The backyard again. There was a moose named Tyrone, a hippopotamus named Tasha, a penguin named Pablo, and there was a kangaroo named Austin. And they would all meet up in the backyard for an amazing adventure of imagination. And they would battle pirates, and they would climb mountains. They would discover buried treasure all before supper time. For then everything would end, and they would all have to go home. There was also a character called Uniqua. She was unique. She was eccentric. She was different. With her pink skin and purple spots, dainty antennas, she wasn't like any of the other species on the planet. She was Uniqua. And this is how Nickelodeon described her. She is a one-of-a-kind character with an adventurous spirit. I like that. A one-of-a-kind character with an adventurous spirit. I believe that's how God would describe each and every person in this room. And everybody that's listening and watching online. A one-of-a-kind character with an adventurous spirit. Fearfully and wonderfully made for life with him. You're unique one. Guys, you're a one-of-a-kind character. You were made to be different. And God has a territory for you to thrive in. So stop trying to be someone else. You be you for the glory of God's kingdom. And one more thing. Stop being so worried about what other people or other churches are going to think about you as you live out and as you live your differentness in the kingdom of God. Too many of us suffer from FOPO. Now that's different from FOMO. This is FOPO, the fear of other people's opinions. Some of us are paralyzed by this. We're, we're paralyzed by what others think of us. Our family, our coworkers, our classmates, other, other Christians. And FOPO is a very powerful motivator. I mean, if you've ever gone along with the crowd just to fit in, or if you've ever played it safe just to avoid the judgment of others, you were likely worried about what other people think. You see, FOPO celebrates sameness, and it discourages the uniquas of God's world. So we don't speak up. We don't stand out. We don't raise our hands or bow our heads. We don't build arcs. We don't confront pharaohs. We don't leave home on missions for God or, or walk away from relationships because of God. We don't call out sin. We don't embrace the sinful. We don't do anything that might get us labeled as different. But different is what God made us to be. Made us to be different. Well, let me see the, if I could demonstrate this in a way that hopefully this will, hopefully this will stick. Um, let me see that ball, Wesley. Awesome. Did you guys know that in professional or elite soccer, we're talking World Cup level, we're talking Olympics, right? Did, did you know that on that level of, of soccer, that a goalkeeper 
will dive to his left 41% of the time in order to block a penalty kick. Now that same goalkeeper will dive to his right 58% of the time to block a penalty kick. So here you are, World Cup. All the eyes of your countrymen, all the eyes of the world are on you. You have the opportunity now to, to bring home the gold. You have the opportunity to make sure that your team, your, your people are champions. So what do you do? You're a right-footed kicker, and so because you're a right-footed kicker, you get most of the power by kicking it towards the left over here, okay? You would kick it left. Now the goalkeeper knows this, and so that's why he dives to his right greater than the 50% of the time. So you're thinking in your mind, all right, so what I've got to do then, I'm going to have to kind of mess things up, and I've got to go, and I've got to kick it then to the goalkeeper's left, and I've got to aim right there in that top corner to be able to get it just out of his reach. The only problem is, that's not really my best kick, and that gives me very little room for error because I've got to get it in a certain space right over here. You're eight yards away. The goalkeeper is eyeing you up. You begin to hear everyone shout your name. Grass. Grass. It's how I feel every Sunday morning. Grass. Now what if I told you that it really doesn't matter if you kick it left or right. No matter which one you do, your countrymen, your fellow players, the world is going to, to give you the pass if, if you don't make it. Now, if you make it, everybody's going to love you and it's going to be great. But if you, if you miss it, no big deal because, well, that goalkeeper, that person's a professional athlete as well, and, and they just chose right. They just chose to dive left, or they just chose to dive right, and they were able to block your kick. It's all right. All you got to do is just hit it hard. You just choose. Is it going to go to the left? Is it going to go to the right? You just choose. You just kick it hard. But what if I told you that there was a way for you to greatly increase the odds of actually scoring a goal? You see, 98% of the time, the goalkeeper is going to dive left or the goalkeeper is going to dive to his right. Only 2% of the time will the keeper stay in the middle. But nobody kicks it in the middle. Actually, it goes in the middle about 17% of the time. The kicker will do that. Only 17% of the time? And the goalkeeper's only going to be there 2% of the time? Why won't anybody kick it in the middle? You know why? Nobody wants to look dumb. Nobody wants to look dumb if they just kick it right to the guy who's standing right there, right? That's like running up the middle in a semi... Alabama fans understand where I was going with that. Um... <laughs> Why, why would you want to do something, you know, like that, where you just go straight towards, straight towards the middle? And so here's what happens. Kickers all across the world 
will choose a much harder kick, will lessen their odds of scoring in order to be accepted by their teammates and their peers and the world, and they will choose acceptance. Or people will say, man, that was a great job. That was a great kick. Almost there. He almost did it. They will choose acceptance over victory. And I really believe, church, that God is looking for men and women and faith communities who are not afraid to choose victory. Men and women who are not afraid to do something different. Men and women who will embrace their uniqueness. Churches that will say, you know what? We're going to look and do what works. We're going to do what, what is going to get the message out. They're looking for men and women, for faith communities that will take all of those giftedness, all of that giftedness, everything that the Spirit is using, and be able to focus it for the benefit of God's kingdom. And instead of kicking for the corners, kick it straight. And if people laugh, and if people make fun, and if people are like, what in the world are you doing? It doesn't matter. Because the individuals recognize that they're just becoming a part of a large group of different that God has used through the years. Church, 2024 is going to be an awesome year. It's going to be an awesome year. Not because it's an even year, but because God is going to be present. God is going to be present in 2024, just like God was present in 2023. So what is going to be different about this year than last year? Well, that just depends on you. Same God's going to be here. What will be different well, that's up to you. Father, we pray that as we go into this new year, that instead of just living life like we always have, or instead of just going through the motions, and instead of kicking at the corners because we feel like that's what we are supposed to do, Father, our prayer is that we would embrace what is different that we would embrace how you have made us all individually unique and that we would use that uniqueness for your honor and for your glory. And we would, not, we would not try to hide it. We would not try to be something that we are not. Instead, Father, that we would be who you have made us to be. And Father, that we would use everything that you have given us for you. We know all the stories of those who have come before us. We know what we know what those men and women did. We know how they spoke out. We know how they stood up. Father, allow us to have a similar spirit where we're okay with being different and, and not going with the crowd. That, that, that we're okay with, with who we are in our own skin. Father, instead of 
Instead of worrying so much about what other people think of us, all that we care about is what you have said about us. And now that you have told us that we are loved and how you have told us that we can be used by you. Father, help make this year different by giving us the courage to be different. That's our prayer this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Church, as we stand to give God praise as we close out this time together, maybe the most different thing that you could do is to come before this body and say, I want to be baptized into Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God, and, and I want to serve him, and I want to, I want to be a part of that kingdom, but I want to be able to enjoy the salvation that comes through him. Maybe that could be the most different thing you could do in your life today. Or maybe just talking about the thing about being different just starts getting your blood pressure up. And you're like, you know what, I really just need to talk with someone and, and kind of talk through some things that are on my mind. Won't you know that one of our elders will be in our prayer room that's located in our lobby that's just behind the doors there behind you and you can go there and, and you can have some private time to, just to talk through maybe some of the things that we've been discussing, some of the things that are on your heart, some of the things that are concerning you today. Whatever your need might be, we're going to give you the opportunity to, to come and let it be known and and it's even okay, friends, if, if you come today and say, you know what? I have just been going along with the crowd. I'm a child of God, but I have refused to be different in the name of God. And that needs to change. It's okay to admit that. We'll um, wrap our arms around you. We'll pray for, for you, for your strength, for your, for your continued walk with God. So don't, don't, be, don't be ashamed. In fact, why don't you just be different? Why don't you just be different? Everybody else might stay where they are, but not you. You're going to come and say, you know what? I need, I need God. I want to celebrate and I want to praise. Be different, not only here, but as we leave. Let's stand and give embrace today.